Hey there, Amanda Smith here. Welcome on inside a brand new episode of How She Did It. I'm so excited you've decided to come join us on the show today. So after this episode is over, before you leave, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. That way you never miss an episode. So this week's guest is a professional softball player. She played Division I college softball at Louisiana State University, and in 2016, she made history, becoming the first woman ever to win a Rawlings Gold Glove Award. In addition to being a professional athlete, she has also worked as a TV host and analyst for ESPN, Stadium Sports, and MLB Network. And on top of all of that, she's also a softball instructor, motivational speaker, and mentor. I'm so excited for you to get to listen to this episode and learn a little bit more about her and her story. So here is AJ Andrews. I have to tell you, I'm so pumped to have you on the show. There's been many different women with many different jobs, and you are the first professional softball player. So I feel like I should like send you a gift as a thank you. (laughs) Oh, no, no worries at all. Just like watch my next game. Yes. Okay. Heard. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I love that. Well, thank you for joining me today. Like I said, you're a professional softball player now, but it's how she did it. Right. So we got to go back. We got to take a rewind. So when you were younger, I was reading that you played basketball, soccer, you did cheerleading and that softball was actually the sport that you picked up last. Yeah. Why over time is it the one that you ultimately decided to go full in on? Man, I, you know, when people ask like, what was it that made softball stick? I really don't have an answer. Like, I don't remember why it was <laughs> it just like everything else kind of just stopped because I, I, yeah. I love playing soccer. Uh, but you know, for me it was, you know, softball was really one of the first sports or maybe the only sport I was like extremely competitive kid. Like I didn't, I didn't always compete because I was having fun. I competed because I liked to win. Uh-huh. And so, you know, for me, I just had a completely different mindset as a, as a young athlete. And, but softball was like one of the first sports where like, I just had fun. Like, you know, I'm going out there and just being able to have cheers with my teammates and just the excitement from the game. And being able to, I remember the first, one of my first games, I was, and I'm from Florida. And so when it's like the winter time or, you know, around there, this grass is really dewy. And so it's super wet. And I just remember catching a ball and sliding like it was a slip and slide, you know, and it was just like, softball was just so fun. There's of course moments where I'm, it's super competitive and, you know, I'm really hungry to win. But a lot of the time it was just the camaraderie with my teammates. I didn't really find that in any other sport that I was playing. And so I think, you know, softball just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of hung around. And I just, I don't know, I just really enjoyed playing softball, not just because I like to win, but because I liked everything that softball came with. Is there a period of time you can look back on where you realized that you could take this sport further and eventually play in college and turn it into a professional career? You know, it's so interesting because it's unfortunate that I didn't look at that at all when I was younger to think about it. And in reality, it comes down to representation. I just didn't see it, right? I didn't see professional softball. You know, for me, seeing college softball, that was to me attainable. That was something that I wanted to achieve and was definitely determined and persevered through a lot of different things to do so. But 
as far as moving forward or having this end goal past college, I didn't have that just because I didn't really know that that was something that I could have. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, I, I talk about representation all the time, but you, I truly believe sometimes you have to see it to believe it, to achieve it. And for me, you know, it wasn't until my senior year in college when my college coach, Coach Tarina was like, I think you should really go pro coaches, you know, our teams are looking at you. And in my opinion, I was like, I don't know, I'm just going to go on with the rest of my life <laughs> because I mean, professional softball just never really, you didn't see it enough for me to be like, Ooh, this is something that I wanted to do immediately. Right. And then once I get in to play professional softball and towards the end of my senior year, I'm realizing oh, I don't want my softball career to end, you know, going in and playing pro that really became one of my drives is to make it so that so many young girls don't have to have the experience that I had where they didn't even know this is possible. Um, yeah. You know, so that's been something that has truly been um, a focus for me in really making sure softball, professional softball is on a spectrum to the bigger dreams that young girls can have. Do you think that young girls get exposure to what is professional softball enough now? No, I definitely don't think so. I think it's beginning to move forward with the new softball league athletes unlimited that's just started this past fall with that being on ESPN and being on CBS, you know, I think we're beginning to get out there more, but when you have to hunt and search and find for professional softball, it's really difficult to get acclimated to it and understand that this is something that people want to see, not just that you want to participate in, but that other people are excited to watch. And until really, I feel like this year, you know, it hadn't had at least consistency or hadn't had a moment where people can say, oh, I can watch these girls past college because college softball is blown up, right? I mean, the World yeah. Series is huge. And to have that opportunity post-college where in reality, it's genuinely all the best athletes from college because only 30, 40 of us actually get to go play professionally. And from that small number, I mean, there's like, there's more than 30 people in the first round of the MLB draft, you know? So it just kind of goes to, to show that you have to, you really have to show that things are possible for a lot of people to believe that they are. When you talk about representation, when someone sees you, what do you hope that they can see in themselves? I mean, I hope that they look at me and say, man, not just is AJ just confident, not as just as AJ going for every and anything that she wants to achieve, but that she's not allowing anything, any barriers to stop her from doing so. Whether it be me being a black woman in softball, which if you look at the sport, there's not a lot of black women playing the game, right? Just know that you can look at me as a black woman and young black women look at me and say, I can do it because AJ is doing it. It doesn't matter that I'm the only one on my team, I'm gonna move forward and I can achieve anything I want to achieve because AJ is doing that. She's setting that example. At least that's what I hope that people look at. And you know, I also hope outside of being a black woman, outside of the black athletes that I am truly, truly hoping to inspire is just women in general to know that you can break down barriers and that the word impossible is literally a dare, right? I think for so long, it's been a declaration, but Mm -hmm. I hope I can be an example of limitless possibilities. And that if you have set your mind to something, just because it's not presented to you in the moment doesn't mean you can't be the first one to present it to yourself. You have said that sports have taught you to only have a plan A, you know, regardless of obstacle, 
you don't need a plan B. You can figure out how to get to that plan A. Where have you seen that to be true in your own life? Man, I'm <laughs> everything. Like when I tell you everything that I've ever wanted to do has in some shape or form come to fruition. And it just comes down to like what you say. I say that having a plan B only distracts from plan A, right? In reality, yes, plan A, you're going to have to refurbish it. You're going to have to make changes, make adjustments, but you should never direct to a plan B and switch it up if, if plan A is really what you want to achieve. I do think there's times when you go through life and you realize maybe plan A isn't really what you want. And then you direct to plan B, right? But if plan A is something that you want and it's your goal and it's what you want to achieve, don't ever let a barrier or an obstacle stop you from getting to that plan A. You figure out a way around it or you knock it down in order to get to that plan A. And I think for me, when it comes to just softball and all the things that I wanted to achieve, just wanting to make a difference, wanting to have an impact on the sport, right? That was always my plan A. And I didn't know how the plan A was gonna come. I didn't know what shape or form it was gonna look like, but I knew that I was gonna make it to plan A or me being a host, right? Me, how it is, I'm gonna get down that avenue. I've had a lot more obstacles towards pursuing that goal than I would have thought I would have had to have being that I am a professional softball player. I know the game and I know I'm able to really speak on it well, but for me, the fact that I never gave up on my plan A and while it seemed as if there was many roadblocks, right? I found a way to go. I just found a new road. And, you know, I think a lot, the old saying, right? Find the road that's less traveled. It may be longer, but there are less obstacles there. And for me, it just kind of found the way to get to my own path. And I think sometimes in situations when you are following our plan A, we look at other people and how they achieve what they achieve and feel like we have to do what they did in order to get there. And I think along my path and working towards my plan A, and I think honestly, that's when we begin to go towards plan B, right? When we mm -hmm. see what other people have done, it's either not as easy or the path just doesn't seem like it's something that we're able to get through. It's like, mm, okay, I gotta figure out another way. I gotta figure out something else, plan B, right? But once you realize that everyone's path, everyone's lane is directly and specific to themselves, mm -hmm. you understand that you were assigned whatever mountain to show that it can be moved. And that's how for me, whether it's softball, whether it's business, whether it's hosting, whether it's just my day-to-day -day life of getting things done, I'm sticking to my plan A and making sure I am focused on that, laser focused on that, you know, it only builds confidence to the next goal, the next task I want to take down. And always sticking to my plan A. So I would, I would say it comes about in just about any and everything I do in my life. And I think that it can be so tricky when you do start to look at someone else's road, right? Someone else's journey, their time frame can be completely different in what they're achieving that maybe you want to be successful in as well. So I really resonated with you saying like, maybe the road's a little longer, right? But that doesn't mean that there's going to always be these blocks in your way. You just got to stay on your own path. And what I think about that is that maybe the road looks longer, but it's actually shorter because there's less traffic, right? I mean, you think about any, any road you're taking, I could take the major highway, but if there's a lot of traffic, it's going to take longer than me taking that back road, right? Even though the back road feels like it's going to be longer, you have to go the path that's best for you. And just like you said, I mean, if we look at someone else's achievements and what they're doing, you could be looking at their page, you know, 16 compared yeah. to your page one. And you just, you never know what it is truly that people had to go through in order to get to where they are. And that's why it's so important to stay focused on yourself. 
um, and focus on what it is that you want to achieve. Because if you stop to throw rocks at every dog that barks, you'll never get to where you want to go, right? If you stop and to add to whatever distractions are trying to get you at the time, you, you will truly fall into making that plan B. And you just don't want to do that. Not when plan A is really what you want to achieve. Also heard. Damn. <laughs> yes. Love it. <laughs> you're just dropping so much knowledge in the first like 15 seconds. You're like, watch my game. Okay. I don't need to yeah. <laughs> watch my game <laughs> and stay with your plan A. <laughs> stay with plan A. For real. I love that. Well, back in 2016, you, as we talk about breaking barriers, you broke a barrier, becoming the first woman to win the Gold Club Award. Prior to that, 323 people had all won it, all men. What was the significance to you in achieving that goal? Yeah, for me, winning the Gold Glove, it was really an opportunity to have so many women dare to have bigger dreams, dare to go for whatever it is that they want, regardless of how, quote unquote, impossible it looks in that moment. And for me, being one of those pioneers, me being one of those women that knocked down that door that leads to so many other doors just waiting to be broken down, sometimes it just takes that first door for you to see what you're able to knock down after that. And for me, while the significance was heavy with me being the first, because there's so many, I'm so happy there's so many women that can come after me to win the gold glove, but there will only be one first, right? That's really the power and the amazing opportunity with being the first woman to win a gold glove. But beyond that, it it extends to the fact that I possibly have given women the opportunity to feel as if they can do whatever it is that they want to do, regardless of what it may see, what door may seem sealed at this moment, right? I mean, before 2016, I'm sure no one, no woman was thinking, oh, yeah, I'm gonna be a gold glover, right? That just wasn't being said. But now it can be said. It's, It's about changing the narrative. Um, and not just changing the way that the world perceives women in sports, right? But changing the way women, the way we perceive ourselves in sports and what it is that we can achieve and what we can attain. And to me, that was a significance. Well, you know, there's, you said 323, no more, right? That ends there, that's done, that's history, right? Now on to the future, how are you going to make the future female? How are you gonna make the representation of women in sports completely shine? And, and make it be known that we're here, we're not going away. Because of you, other women see that they can do that. Being the first and not seeing anyone who had done that before, did you believe that that was an award that you could win or were you kind of surprised by it? I was very surprised when they said they were going to be giving out the gold glove award. I honestly thought it was going to be some hybrid award. You know, I didn't think it was going to be like, I didn't think it was going to be the real gold glove. I thought it was going to be just some women's gold glove. You know, we're going to give this to softball players and form its own category. But towards the end, once I realized I was a finalist and that they were actually going to be giving the true gold glove award, you know, I think that that was a moment where I was very taken aback and I got extremely excited just for the fact that whoever wins it, whether it was me or someone else, they're truly going to make history. Like this is something that's going to be documented and it's never going to be erased. You are the first. And, you know, I felt like the opportunity and the fact that Rawlings was presenting that opportunity, you know, I just felt like it was the strides that softball had been aiming to make for a long time. And for me, it was never something I, I dreamt of, right. It was never something I thought about like me 
I love going out and playing hard. I love making catches. I love ruining batters days by making diving catches, catching balls. Like that's, that's my goal. If I can just make you feel, you know, like, Ooh, I got a hit. And then I come out of nowhere and no, you don't, you know, that, that gives me a lot of satisfaction. So that's just, that was my only goal. And I think that's so, that's why I tell kids all the time. You never know when your moment is your moment. You never know who's watching. That's why you always have to go hundred percent. I didn't know that the year that I won the gold glove, I was going to be winning it, right? That wasn't something that was announced at the beginning of the season. So I'm going hard all the time. I found out at the end of season after I had already put in the work, right? And it comes down to the fact that you do you. And, and I think it just goes back to what we talked about earlier, right? You stay focused on what you do. You stay focused on what you love, how you are as a person, as a player, whatever it is, and your opportunity will come as long as you stay focused on what you're doing and don't worry about it. I didn't worry about anything other than making the plays that I was making. And at the end, I was rewarded of being the first woman to win a gold glove. It's like you weren't working for someone else's recognition. You were working for your own excellence. And that was recognized through that work. Yeah, absolutely. I never, you know, I think that that's a really good point to make because when it comes to just, I think athletes, but I think also outside of being an athlete, right? I think when you work in the dark, right? When you're not focused on who's watching you, you're not worried about Mm -hmm. someone telling you, oh, you're doing so good. Oh, this, you're not worried about the feedback and you're just truly focused on yourself. You know, it all comes to the light once the lights come on. And one of my favorite phrases is when you, I remember speaking to someone and telling me when they talked to Marines, they said that they asked them why it is that they work so hard with what they do. And the Marines said that we work hard because under pressure situations, you never rise to the occasion, you fall to the level of your training, right? So you never get to a moment like, oh, when people say, oh, you rose to the occasion, my response is no, I worked for it. I was prepared, I was ready. You know, I mean, it comes down to, I didn't rise to the occasion, I fell to the level of my training. I fell to the level of how I prepared for this moment. And I think that that is what's so important, especially for young athletes to understand and realize that when it comes to working hard, don't work for someone else's recognition. Don't work to be praised, right? Worked for the fact that you want to be the best that you can be. And in those pressure situations, you working hard, it's all going to come forth as long as you allow it to. So, yeah. I'm having the best time. (laughs) So I you know, was stalking your Instagram, obviously to prepare for this. And I saw that on your bio, it says Beyonce of softball. So I'm wondering if you're a Beyonce fan. Oh, yes. Yes. It's so funny too, because I was given <laughs> that, uh, well, I hundred percent am a queen bee fan. Um, I am a part of the beehive, but I do believe <laughs> that I was on the Tom Joyner morning show like a year or two ago and Jackie Reed, she gave me that nickname, actually. She introduced me. She's like, talking to the Beyonce of softball. And I was like, oh, yes. Yes, ma'am. That is me. I am her. I am she. She is me. And, you know, I just ran with it. And I felt like it was it was so fitting, though, the way she described it. And I just thought about it. I'm like, you know, yeah. Like, I like to perform on the field. You know, I come out with my Sasha Fierce when I'm out there. And I'm ready to go. So I think that, you know, for me, it just comes down to that confidence, right? You have to, especially in a game like softball, right? Where it's truly a sport of failure. There's not many sports where you can fail seven out of 10 times and still be considered a great athlete. And so I think that for me, when it comes down to being Beyonce, it's just truly about embodying 
who you are as a person, having the confidence and just going out and performing like no one else has ever seen and never worrying about what people are going to say or you're going to think. You're just doing you at all times with the confidence and the knowingness of who you are as a person and as a performer. And you never let anyone take you off that track. And so for me, that's what being the Yonsei of softball is about. It's about just holding and owning who you are and having the confidence in that every single day. So yes, ma'am, I'm the Yonsei of softball. Obsessed. Wow. (laughs) I made a small game for us to play. Okay. Using that as my inspiration. So I've taken some Beyonce lyrics from different songs. Uh-oh. And then I'm hoping that you <laughs> can think of like a moment in your life, a softball memory, whatever it may be. And you can choose what you think relates in your own personal life to the lyric. Okay. Okay. I thought you were going to have me finish the song. Perfect. That's oh. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. No, that's okay. And you know what? You, I, you've got a phone. Okay. You could look at those lyrics real quick. <laughs> okay. So... First up, I've got from Crazy in Love. I'm warmed up now. Let's go. I'm warmed up now. Let's go. Literally anything, like, when I tell you, maybe, like, getting ready for, to go to dinner, to go out, anything, or, like, to go to give a speech, or anything in which I'm challenging myself, right, and you have to kind of get in a mindset of, you were made for this. This is something that you are prepared for, that you can do, that you know how to do. You know, I think there's so many moments in our lives where we feel as if like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if this is the right time. I don't know if I need to prepare more. And I get to a point where I feel like I just give myself a pep talk. My pep talk or my daily affirmations is my warm up. And so I tell myself, I didn't tell myself like you are the baddest thing walking. You know how to do this. You go out and you say the amazing things that you know how to say. You go inspire people today, AJ. I'm warmed up now. Let's go. You know, like that's just like my beginning, my intro into anything, whether it's a game, a speech, hosting, anything. I need that energy. I need to like <laughs> channel that in myself. <laughs> yes, so just give yourself a daily affirmation. Say it and like, all right, let's take it off. Yes. Okay. Oh, you're crushing this. I was hoping that you would like. I don't know. Anytime I try like a new game, I'm like, will this make sense? Cause it makes sense in my brain, oh, but that doesn't always, you know, oh, you get me. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> okay. This one is feeling myself remix with Nicki Minaj, but Beyonce's part male or female, it make no difference. I stop the world. World, world stop. Carry on. on. Yes. That was actually my walk-up song my senior year in college. <laughs> Amazing. But I didn't I know. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, you know, male and female stop the world. World stop. Yeah. Pretty um, pink. I think that uh, for me, <laughs> I think that one, it just comes down to how I truly feel about the world and myself, and in, in which I can literally achieve anything whether it's something that people believe is like a man's world or a man's sport or a man's game, whatever it be, I feel like men or women, I'll stop the world, right? And I'm going to come up and not only am I going to show up, but I'm going to show out. Not only am I going to be present, but I'm going to command the room, right? Everyone's going to be gasping. No one's going to know how to know what to say. I'm going to ask questions in which to stop people in their tracks. And every once you hear the world stop, right? 
think about it, carry on, right? I just want you to marinate on what I've said, how I feel, what it is that I'm going to do once I walk in here. Now that you guys all are introduced to AJ Andrews, carry on. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, short line here from Irreplaceable. Quote, you're irreplaceable. Don't you ever... Oh, I didn't know that we were getting a musical guest on the show as well. Hey, sometimes people say I can sing. My sisters would beg to differ, but like I'm listening to my celebrators, not my haters. So yeah, oh, so well, I think I can sing four. Yes. <laughs> I think that when you think about being irreplaceable, you have to just think about the fact that you are authentic. And there's, as far as me, what I think about is there's something that I can do in anything that no one else can do better than me, right? And there's something that someone else does that that they do better than anyone else in the world. And you have to find that something. That's something that makes you irreplaceable. That's something that elevates your value because we all have it. And once we realize what it is about us that no one else can duplicate and the fact that we are irreplaceable, that's when that price goes up, right? You use that to your advantage. You know exactly who you are and what you bring to the table. And once you know what that is, you can truly step into situations, into rooms and opportunities and say, listen, this is what I bring. This is why I'm irreplaceable. And this is why you need me, whether it's on a sports team, whether it's in a conference room, it's you are going to into a business or a corporation, whatever it is, right? You being able to say, this is me. No one else can do this. I'm irreplaceable. Your turn. Right. And I think that that's that's the the magic of that but you have to understand that you are authentic and that that is truly something that you possess and once I think once anyone especially women once we realize that power that we have oh we're unstoppable and irreplaceable I think to be authentic like truly authentic is one of the bravest things you can do because you hear all the time be your authentic self but maybe don't do that or don't wear that or talk like this. And can you lower your voice a little bit? Can you push your hair, you know, all these different things. And then it's like, Oh, wait a second. I thought you wanted me to be me, but now I'm molding myself to fit what I think you want me to be. So it just really comes back to your irreplaceable you. And that is your power. Like you said. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I think I agree with that. I truly, Oh, I just love people that you can just like when people are just doing their own thing, like yeah. whether I like what you're doing or not, like I have the utmost respect for like, listen, you're you. I respect that you are you and you have not changed who you are for no one. Even if you're not my cup of tea, I love <laughs> that you are you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that that, I agree. It's a hundred percent one of the bravest things you can do and to never let anyone deter you from your path. But I think that's when you You see that those people that are truly authentic, those people that are truly doing them, you find an audience, right? There's someone out there loves what you're doing. There are a lot of people that don't, but there's a core group of people that do. And I think just with any, anything you're doing, you just got to find your audience. You find, find those people that love that. And once you do, it's when you just take off. Yes. Okay. Last one. We've got one more. Of course I had to throw this one in there. Who run the world? Girls. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You know, I think that we really do. And I think that when I like, finally, finally, the world is starting to catch on to what we've always known, right? 
that women, we run the world without us, so many things would not be possible. First of all, the world, mankind wouldn't be here without women, right? right? We're, we set the tone from the very beginning, literally. <laughs> and so I think that, man, just understanding that our power is not embedded in what men think or the standards that men hold of us or the way society views women as a whole, right? It is completely dialed into who we believe we are as women and understanding our power, understanding our importance, understanding what it is that we bring to the table, every single table we step to. And, you know, I think that we truly do run the world without women. A lot of things would not make sense. A lot of things would not run smooth and a lot of food wouldn't taste as good. <laughs> no, I mean, I think- Are you a good cook? I'm okay, but I, you know, I, I, I doubt the first person I ever cooked was a man. But um, I don't want to talk about that because I think that that's what like a, a trolls definitely like to dial into, like to bring up the whole, you know, kitchen thing. And it's just, I feel like they need new content. Like, it's yeah, really it's like tired. It's very tired and like predictable, tired. Yeah. you know? But I do think that women in general, we just are truly so magnificent. Like we just get so much done. We are so powerful. We are so intuitive and we are just... Man, I don't know. Like, I think of women, I'm just like in awe because I believe that we can truly do anything. And I don't believe that we should ever feel as if we have to do things as great as men. I think we can do things better. Honestly, I think we can do things better. I think we're in our own lane. And I think that understanding that about ourselves is when, and which I believe that we are beginning to hone in more and more each year right? We're understanding how much we rule the world and how much the future really is female. You literally crushed this game. Amazing. It was a great game. Wow. Thanks. You know, (laughs) trying to be creative. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) Yay. That makes me happy. Yay. Okay. We had great fan questions for you. So before our time is over, as much as I'd like to just spend the whole time talking, (laughs) got to get to these. So first up, we've got Jason. Even being so established, do you have any new goals you're working towards? Oh, always. Yeah, I'm always working to be better. Always. I never feel satisfied with whatever I'm doing, whether it's myself. Like, you know, I think me winning a gold glove, I want to win another one. Or me being up to bat, I'm always looking at how I can make myself more of a dynamic player. How it is that I can be better, be bigger, do more, make myself more unpredictable when I come to the plate. Or even just in my in my life outside of softball where I'm hosting, right? I'm creating new shows, ideas, things that I want to do and achieve, new creative directions that I want to go, podcasts that I want to create. You know, there's just so many different avenues. I am probably one of the most ambitious people in the world. And there's so many things I want to do and achieve. And as we talked about before, I have a plan A. So therefore they're all going to get done. So I'm working towards all of that every single day. And I think that that's how you know, I think in this world, we can truly have whatever it is we want to have. We can do and be whatever it is we want to be. And I'm going for everything and anything that I have already deemed to be mine. You should plug your podcast right now. It's so, it doesn't have a name yet. The podcast I'm working. Yeah. I'm working with um, Embassy Row to create it. And so I'm super excited about that. And it's going to be 
coming out soon, but still working on the creative direction of everything. But that's okay because I'll listen. Heard that. Watch me. Listen. Yes. Um, uh, that's all I need. I just need support. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, next is Steph. Do you have someone who you looked up to when you were younger? Yeah. Well, for softball, I looked up to Natasha Watley. She's a softball player, played at UCLA and played on Team USA, was in the Olympics. And she's just, you know, she was one of the first Black women that I saw playing softball, especially at a young age when I first got into the sport. And she was just that inspiration for me to, as we talk about representation, to believe that I could do and go to the, the greatest lengths in this sport. And so she was definitely someone that really motivated me to continue to push through regardless of different things that I faced throughout my career. And then I would say that I look to my parents, you know, both of them truly have just been huge inspirations to me. Uh, it's so interesting because my parents are so laid back. You know, I've, I've played on teams with kids whose parents are just, you know, they're very aggressive or they're just very in the face and always have something to say. And I am so hard on myself as an athlete and as a person that my parents being who they are is like God knew what he was doing because I was so hard on myself. But my dad has truly just dropped like the most inspirational gems ever. He's the person I call when I'm down to lift me back up. My mom's the per- like the voice of reason, right? She's the one that's like, it's a, not a big deal. And so, you know, for me, I think that the two of them and everything that they've accomplished in their lives has been a driving force for me, um, not just in softball, but anything that I do. Okay. Next up is Cole. What is something that motivates you? Something that motivates me is something that motivates me is the fact that I just don't like anyone being better than me. <laughs> That's amazing. I, you can I just say periods. That's it. Yeah. We can go with that. Yeah, I just don't like it. It's been, I mean, I'll just say where it came from. My dad, when I was younger. I remember telling him I played when I played a lot of sports. I was like, Dad, I'm like, you know, don't worry about it. It all came up from shopping because he put a budget one year on my back to school shopping. I'm like, that's actually ridiculous. It's like, how about you just use whatever money you're saving for me for college for my shopping because I'm gonna get a scholarship. Don't worry about it. And you know, he was like, all right, well, you just gotta know that there, if you're gonna get a scholarship, you gotta work really hard because there's always someone better than you. And I promise he told me that when I was probably like 10 or 11 years old, and that literally it's like searing words and have been just. They never leave my mind. So what motivates me is that I just don't like anyone being better than me. The thought of that drives me crazy. Period. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. That's probably my favorite thing I've heard in a really long time. (laughs) Okay. Last one is from Kat. Hi, my name is Kat. I was wondering if you had any recommendations for getting college exposure. Yeah, I would say recommendations for getting college exposure is to reach out to as many colleges as possible. You don't, you never know what you like. You know, you don't know what you know. You don't know what you know. You don't know what you like until you see it. And there's one, a lot of people think, oh, D1, D1, D1. But in reality, maybe you're the best fit for D2. And not, I'm not talking talent level. I'm talking about where it is that you want to go as a person, right? Or what it is that you want to achieve maybe in school. You never know truly what it is that you want until you get to go see those areas. And I think that when it comes down to recruiting, you have to, once you reach out to those coaches, be consistent, continue to go back, you know, be persevere, persevere and continue to go through um, persistent. And I think that 
once you're out on the field or whatever sport you play, you have to show up. And not in the sense of you always have to get a hit or you always have to make a play, right? But you better be the loudest on the field, running on and off the field. They look at those key characteristics just as much as they look at what you do when you're playing. And a lot of the times people think that they have to be like this finished product, but reality coaches aren't looking for that. They're looking for the best fit for their team. They're looking for the best person that they can mold and that they can create that the potential that they see, right? If I'm a coach, I'm going to look for the potential to add to my team, to add to the cohesiveness and the tone and the culture of what my team represents. I'm not looking for this finished product, right? I want to be able to develop you into that. And so you going out and you doing everything that you know how to do at the best that you know how to do, never, don't get upset, right? I always know there's another opportunity. It's so interesting when it comes to recruiting because I never even really thought about that process when I was playing. Like I was just having fun, you know, I was having, and I know now it's a lot more, I don't know, intense. <laughs> I know kids are, you know, looking to be recruited so much earlier and there's just a lot more that goes into it. But, you know, you got to remember why it is that you love what you're doing. And if you go out there and you do what you love, people can see that. Just like people can see confidence. They can see confidence. They can see when you love what you do. They can see when you're having fun. They can see when you're stressed. They can see when you're tense. Like whatever it is you bring, people can see it. People can recognize, especially coaches that have coached hundreds and hundreds of different players, right? They recognize those different things. And so you going out being loose and just being your best, it's the best thing that you can do and just having fun. Whatever reason is that you got to play or you started playing the game, that's what you have to think about and continue to do once you get on the field. Um, and then when it comes down to reaching out, just again, be persistent and continue to talk to those coaches, reach out to as many people as you can, go on the, as many visits as you can, um, because you, what nothing's worse than getting somewhere and, and not being what you thought. So yeah. make sure you're going exactly where you want to go, but yeah, just have fun. Honestly, have fun. It comes, it comes when you are things, I think, anything in life comes when you aren't pressing for it, right? And in sports, right? When you, the moment you start pressing is the moment things just go wrong, no matter, literally, no matter what sport you're playing, right? If you're doing too much all the time, things go haywire, right? You just play relaxed. You do what you know how to do. People come to you and people recognize that. And I think that that's going to be step number one to getting recruited. I think it also like ties into what we were talking about earlier, where, you know, like, you are just have nothing to prove to anyone else, right? They will recognize that. It's like proving to yourself that you were right about what you knew you could accomplish. Oh, absolutely. You know, you just, you just got to do you, just do you, whatever it is that you want. If I, my goal, you make goals in the morning. We talked about affirmations today. These are my affirmations today. These are the things that I want to do. I don't care who steps to the field and who's watching me do those things. I'm going to get these things done right every day. I tell people all the time, it's just 1% better every single day. You know, you're pushing towards that and whatever goal it is that you want to achieve that day. You just keep nailing down those goals. People, people pay attention, people pay attention and confidence is hard to miss. So, and as confidence comes from achieving your goals, it comes from knocking down those milestones that you've set for yourself. That's when you get really confident and know who you are and know that you can achieve anything. So just keep persisting towards whatever goal you set each and every day. And then when struggle does come, you're not shaken to your core because you've already built that confidence around it. Absolutely. One of my favorite things that I've heard, 
a friend of mine, Shed Long, he plays for the Mariners. And I asked him, I'm like, you know, well, what happens when you get frustrated or, you know, when you don't have a good game? And he's like, I mean, it just wasn't me. And like, he just said it that I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I just didn't show up that day. He's like, I don't ever let anything make me feel like I'm less of a player. I don't let a performance make me feel like I've lost something. I just, I didn't show up that day. It wasn't me. That was a whole different person. And today's shed's going to show up and it's going to be a whole different situation. And that's how you have to look at. And, and I, for me, I loved that response. That was that's yeah. like, something I've ran with ever since I had that conversation with him. Like whenever I don't show up, like, that just wasn't AJ. I don't know. I don't know who came to play yesterday, but that wasn't her. So today will be a new day. Even if you don't want to be an athlete and you're listening to this, that's just good life advice. You know, some yeah, just going to look different than others. A hundred percent. And you know what? It's, it's okay too. you know, yeah. like it's okay not to have every day be a great day. And you just get to the point though, where, you know, that you just set yourself to tomorrow, this is what I'm going to do. And sometimes it's, it's starting small and building up, right? Like tomorrow, let's say you're just, you're not feeling it tomorrow. My goals tomorrow is to get up, to work out and to make myself dinner, start with something little, right. And you yeah. achieve those things in the next day. Okay. My next task I want to do is this, this, that, you know, especially during these times right now, where I think a lot of people's mental health, you know, are suffering. And I think it really just starts with giving yourself small tasks to do that you can achieve feel good about yourself at the end of the day. It's like, Ooh, I really got all that done right tomorrow. I'm going to get this done. And then that gets you back onto a routine and gets you back onto feeling more like yourself until you finally get to a place where you can say, this is me. I'm good. Yeah. Well, I'm so bummed that our time together is coming to an end. I feel like we're friends now. I know. I love (laughs) it. My old pal. (laughs) I love it. I usually like to end, well, not usually, every episode I end this show by asking this same question, um, because I think that as important as it is to celebrate each other and, you know, our successes, it's also important to remember to clap for yourself. So what is something, AJ, you are proud of yourself for? I mean, you know, I'm proud of myself for a lot of things. Well, okay, we've got a lot of time if you want to go through it. I love this. (laughs) I, you know, there's just... Hmm. I think that it really all, I'm going to just take you back. I think it all started when I was in middle school and I remember I was going to go to high school and I was playing on a travel ball softball team with two girls that were already at the high school that I was going to be attending. And I'm like telling them like, y'all, I'm so excited to get to countryside high school, countryside. I'm going to start. I'm going to shake things up. I'm so excited. And the softball team was really, really good. They went to States like the year before and their girls were like, no, no one starts as a freshman. No one starts as a freshman. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, it was funny to me them saying that. I was like, okay, y'all yeah, see. Right. And I just like, I, I vividly remember that practice. Like, I vividly remember being in the outfield, taking those reps, and them girls saying that, and me just being like, okay. And, you know, that being something that, and as I kept pushing in high school, started, I made the team. I didn't start maybe like the first game, but I started the second game. And then started the rest of my tenure in college or in college in high school. But that actually the same situation happened in college. I didn't start the first couple games and I got a start and started every single game ever since. And, you know, I think that it just came down to me saying whenever a challenge was presented or whenever people doubted me or whenever it seemed as if this something, whatever it was, was not 
whoever it is telling me I can't do something, I always took it as a challenge and I always dominated that challenge. It was always so fun for someone to doubt me and always so fun for someone to say, AJ, you can't do this. And it's like, LOL, okay. And you know, it's like, as soon as I accomplish it, I don't, I don't ever go back and say things to people, but I always, you know, I like to give them a little shout out. You know, the two girls, I know their names, I'll never forget their names. I never say it, but I'll never forget them. And, you know, I think that they just really jump started me being excited for people to doubt me rather than being discouraged. And so I think throughout my life, softball, even hosting, right, me starting off and doing different things in television wasn't as quick or as easy as I thought it would be. And there were people that were in high places that were trying to stop my success. And for me, it was just kind of going, all right, like, LOL, okay. Once I make it to this point and I'm talking about how I got here, how I win it, how I do it, right? I'm be telling everyone, I won't say your name, but I'm just gonna let you know, you're a part of my motivation, so thank you. So yeah, I'm just proud of myself for never letting those individuals that doubted me or tried to discourage me from my course, um, allow them to take me off my course. You're like, okay, but noted, right? Oh no, yes, noted, noted. I'm never if going to call I you I don't agree with that. At but all. if you, right, but I, I just hope one day that you are somehow come across what I'm saying and you're like, oh, that was me. That's just, that's my goal. I won't say your name, but I just, <gasps> you know, you know. <laughs> and on the wink and the point, that's how we're going to end it. <laughs> you know, you know. This has been such a blast. I'm so grateful that you agreed to share part of your story on this show and that we've gotten to know you a little bit better. So thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Yay. Thank you guys for listening this week for AJ Andrews. I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time on how she did it. Watch her softball games and listen to her podcast. Okay. <laughs> that part. <laughs>